Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Hello, lovely listeners. Dr. Mary here with you. I do love being back here in my podcasting seat. And I am joined by my fabulous friend and colleague, Dr. Lucy. Hello, lovely. Hello, lovely Mary. How are you? It is great to have you back. I have missed chatting with you on the podcast for the last few months. So I'm sure that, uh, you know, everybody is pleased to hear your beautiful voice. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm good. I'm, I'm enjoying summer. And uh, one thing in particular I noticed today is my little baby is in short sleeves for the first time. And uh, it's just kind of funny seeing his little pudgy arms and pudgy legs hanging out of his clothes because as a winter baby, this hasn't happened before. I know it is. It's amazing all the seasons. And I remember when my, when my bubbers were born, I would get some very cute little outfits, but occasionally their outfit didn't match, like they weren't the right size during the right season. It was like, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) It's so short, the little baby period. So yes. I know. And phenomenal, phenomenal that, you know, again, I'm often just amazed at human physiology and what you know, what humans do and how they grow and you'll be seeing all of this every day. It is very, very fun. It is fun. One thing that I am struck with every day is just how innately worthy and lovable we all are just by being humans and having an innately worthy and lovable baby who is worthy of good health and love and all the things that we want for humans just by being him, just by being alive, he is enough just as he is, reminds me that we are all enough just as we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, I think hopefully our listeners know that certainly compassion and self-compassion are one of the foundations of good health and interestingly we have just been doing this in momentum which is our monthly membership a beautiful challenge on understanding where judgment comes from and you know using that tool of self-compassion as a really powerful lever to help with behavioral change because for most of us the lever that we use is criticism if we criticize ourselves enough we will change. But in fact, there's plenty of evidence to suggest not only is that not true, but it's actually counterproductive. It is. You cannot hate yourself thin or berate yourself well. Mm, Absolutely. And, you know, just while we're chatting, I think that the support that, you know, our beautiful women have in Momentum is really one of the cornerstones of Again, long-term change for people that have had, you know, weight-related issues or diet-related messaging for their whole lives. Because you and I have both been in that spot of diet culture, of, you know, you get stuck in the stories that we touched on it briefly last week with perfectionism and all of the things that unless a light is shined on them, you don't even realise they're there you know, stories that you don't even notice because they're just so ingrained, they're just on the background, a bit like when the air conditioner's on over summer, you don't even notice it, 
until someone reminds you that it's there and then then it's because it's so obvious. Yes. This brings us to what we're chatting about today, which is that true change, true change is a change in your identity. And to understand who you are, to love and like who you are anyway, because just like a pudgy little baby with, you know, gorgeous little thigh rolls, you are innately worthy. You are innately worthy of kindness, compassion, self-love and good health. Absolutely. And and it's interesting because there's sometimes people think, oh, well, you know, self-acceptance, which is in- incredibly powerful, but self-acceptance means that you don't need or want to change. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to change something about what you're doing or, uh, you know, some bit of your health or something. Like, the, you know, as humans, we, we're often striving for change. There's always bits of us that we would like to change. Do we want to change them because we hate what they are or do we want to change them because we want to just feel better about who we are? Yes. Self-love and self-acceptance doesn't mean that you accept that this is whatever you've got now, whatever state of ill health, whatever it is that you're dissatisfied with your health, your life at the moment, you just have to accept that it's never going to change and wallow in that. Absolutely not. You can accept yourself as being enough as you are right now in this moment and also strive towards your health goals, knowing that you are worthy of achieving them, that you are allowed to want these things, you're allowed to want to change and that you can change. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk a lot about the scales because we know for many people, the scales are a a double-edged sword. Yes, they can track progress, but they can also absolutely derail you you know, if you have one of the things we call this is a transactional relationship. So if you have a transactional relationship with what you're doing, and what I mean by that is if your brain says, I'm doing this thing that is considered pretty hard, but I'm prepared to do it because there will be a reward at the end. And the reward in your head is a lower number on the scales. Then look, it's, it's, hard to undo because of our conditioning, but it is also a surefire path to what people would term as failure. Yeah. We both have lived experience and I could share a little piece of my own transformation here. I used to have a serious issue with ice cream. So I've got insulin resistance, polycystic ovarian syndrome. I used to be obese. I've had struggled with this my whole life. And previously when I would go about trying to lose weight or, you know, claw back some health, I would be completely outcome focused. I'd be like, I want to lose weight or doctors are telling me I have to lose weight. I've got to do this. So I'd be focused on the outcome. And then I would change my behavior. I would stop eating ice cream. I would slog myself at the gym. I would calorie restrict. I would do actually behaviors that aren't that helpful more on that later, but I would do things that would just get me towards the outcome that I wanted. That was weight loss, but it was hard. You know, I was Mary who loves ice cream and I'm not eating the ice cream because I need to get this. 
Whereas over my journey, I've learned how to heal my physiology with low-carb real food, incredibly important, and I have learned how to manage my psychology. And through that process, I changed my identity. So I am not Mary who loves ice cream but just can't eat the ice cream because I need to just lose the weight and it's not fair and I want the ice cream. I'm not that person anymore. My identity has changed. I am Mary and I eat low-carb real food and I nourish my body with delicious low-carb real food. This is what I do and it is not hard to stay this way because this is who I am. I've changed my identity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, lots of people can relate to that. I was exactly the same. You know, I was a sweet tooth. So I would say that over and over. Oh, I'm a, I'm a sweet tooth. I'm a lolly-tarian. You know, and even um, I'm a, a chocolate addict. That was just who I was. It was said at the time in jest, but <laughs> how little did I know how true it actually was. But it's interesting, Mayor. So we, we talk a, a quite a bit about identity change and, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. But James Clear has a really great strategy and I'd love you to share that with our listeners. Yeah. So he's a clever clever guy who wrote the book um, Atomic Habits. Yeah. Yeah, I love that book. It's wonderful. So one of his beautiful ideas is talking about the layers of change and that that first layer is what most of us would sort of start with where we want to change we want to change the outcome so we're focused on the outcome you know, maybe lose weight uh, you know get our blood sugar down and that's not a very sustainable level the next level is you change your process you change your behaviors so yes okay you're changing your behaviors you're not eating the ice cream to get the outcome that you want that makes sense but actually the deepest layer is changing your identity and how you get there. It's not, you don't just decide, right, I am now no longer Mary who loves to eat ice cream. I am now Mary who doesn't love to eat ice cream. And this is my identity has completely changed. It doesn't change immediately. It really doesn't. How you change your behavior is an incremental process that takes a bit of time. And what you do is you decide who you want to be. You decide, you know, who am I? Who do I want to be? And then as you change your behavior each day, you prove to yourself that you are that person. You prove day by day that you are who you believe that you are. And it starts, it starts with deciding who you want to be. So interesting, isn't it? And I mean, we talk sometimes about people, and I'll use the vegetarian analogy. And many of you know, I have two daughters who are vegetarian. <laughs> I wish they weren't, but they are. They are. And and again, it's not my place to change their identities. Their identity has come about because of their belief that around eating meat and animal welfare. So that, that's totally up to them. But their identity is that they're a vegetarian, which means that Christmas time, they're not there going, gee, I wish I could eat ham. They're a vegetarian. They don't go traveling, you know, and hop on a plane and think, oh, goody, now I can eat whatever meat meal there is. It's, it's really this idea that they have completely changed everything about themselves in relation to that, that part of it. They're not looking for reasons not to be that person. Mm. Changing your beliefs is, is possibly a lot easier than people realize. 
it doesn't take long for us to have those small little daily wins that reinforce to us this self-belief. So my belief is that, look, I nourish my body, I heal my body, I am a person who eats low-carb real food. That's my belief. And it didn't take long for me to be able to change that belief. And now it's easy because I have this belief. I am not fighting the urge to eat ice cream day in, day out. I'm just not. I've managed to find a way for, you know, sustained success with my health easily. Hmm. By changing who you are rather than, you know, marry the ice cream addict, you'll marry the real food addict. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And it is, I am the same. I am very, you know, and people go, oh, you're a bit obsessed. No, it's just who I am. And maybe I am. Maybe I am obsessed with real food. Why wouldn't I be? It's bloody delicious. It's helpful. It's nutritious. It has revolutionized my life in that I am no longer a slave to sugary food. One of the other things I always love is that idea that processed food or sugary food, chocolate, any of those foods, they steal your joy of real food. Again, Christmas is a beautiful opportunity to eat real food. There's plenty of real food available. And, you know, just being mindful that there may be, you know, again, big food companies out there trying to sell you their product Remember, that's their goal. Their goal is not to help you or to make your Christmas special. Their goal is to sell you their product. That's it. And when you look at things through that sort of a lens, it does become easier. Yes, it does. It is easier, though, with support and help. Absolutely. And part of the reason is because there are people who will disagree with what you're doing and they'll say, ah, but you've got to live. You know, it's Christmas. It's just one time of the year. So it can be hard sometimes when you feel like you're the only cork bobbing in a sea of naysayers. (laughs) Definitely. Having some community really helps. That was extremely helpful for my transformation, especially initially having some like-minded people that I just reached out to and found that in the low-carb doctor community, also in my gym community, people who were doing it with me who could reinforce the stories and help me, help me reinforce the stories that allowed me to really gently and powerfully change my identity. Absolutely. Now, one of the things I would love to just add in here, and this is something that I've seen over the last 25 years, longer actually, is the advent calendar. (laughs) So when I was growing up, we had an advent calendar. It was very exciting. My three brothers and I, when we were little, would take turns opening the windows. But there was the windows, they had just pictures behind them. There was a little picture and it would be some sort of, you know, a Christmas motif. Now it may have been you know, and again, they were Northern Hemisphere related usually. So there was, Chris, you know, snowmen and and um, maybe a picture of some holly. And, you know, the big excitement was on Christmas Eve. It was a double-sized window, which always had a nativity scene every year, even though we knew we would still get so excited about it. But, of course, the Advent calendar has been hijacked somewhat and is now entirely around 
well, not entirely. There, we were just talking off air and there is some sort of sock advent calendar where you could, must be enormous because every window has a pair of socks. So if you're in need of 24 pairs of socks, you could buy that one. But we have recognised, of course, that the advent calendar is now full of processed food or even plastic junk toys for people that aren't doing processed food. But over the last couple of years, we've invented our own advent calendar, haven't we, Miss? We have. <laughs> we have. And so we we created a little program, which is an, ad, it's an advent calendar, if you like, a digital advent calendar, and it is called Santa's Little Helper. And what we love about it is it is embracing this concept that James Clear says of, you know, choosing your identity and doing small steps towards it. So every day during the Advent calendar, which does go on beyond Christmas because we wanted to make it sort of the December calendar, um, there is a little something for you that will reinforce your identity as a low carbitarian. <laughs> That's right. And give you invaluable tools and insights to stay on track over Christmas and New Year. Absolutely. And we did have fun making it. There is a fair few Santa hats involved in the videos. <laughs> There's some, a, a tiny bit of poetry reading even. So it is really about busting through that myth that the eating your way does not make you a party pooper. No, no. It's totally possible to have lots of fun and still maintain your identity as a healthy, low-carb person who nourishes their body with real good food and can totally get their party on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, again, just to, I guess, let people know we have got a number of recipe books that come that you get as part of it, including, and again, not that, uh, you know, you're the boss of you, so you get to decide, but if you were looking for cocktails over Christmas, you know, you can go down the path of the very high sugar, very high carb cocktails or you can download the ebook that comes with Santa's Little Helper that gives you a whole collection of low-carb cocktails. Yes, it has the fantastic party platter uh, recipe book and just the, the wonderful Christmas recipe book as well. We do hypnotherapies, which are really helpful and give you all kinds of useful tools. Yeah, even some strategies on what to say to the people, the food bullies as we call them, the um, ones that go, oh, come on, you've got to live, it's Christmas, it's only once a year, who are already playing into that scarcity mindset. Lots and lots of tools recognising, of course, my lovelies, that you are a low-carbitarian and that just because it's Christmas doesn't mean your all-terrain vehicle has to go off path into the wild, wild west, never to come back. That's right. All right, gorgeous ones. <laughs> I'm actually about to go and put up our Christmas tree because today is, we always get our Christmas tree on the first weekend of December, but we're a little bit early this year, mainly because on the weekend we just happened to drive past and there was a Christmas tree stall. And so we just went, right, opportunistic. And so it's been up, but it's not decorated. So that's what we're doing today. My daughter um, would be very jealous. She's been nagging me for quite some time to get onto that. So, yes, all right, I better. Yes, <laughs> probably since June. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> all right, beautiful people, have the most wonderful time. Yeah, oh, I forgot to give you the link. If you're looking mm, mm, uh, mm. to for Santa's Little Helper, 
you can go to our website, which is, of course, rlmedicine.com forward slash Santa. The advent calendar is $97. It is a total bargain, way cheaper than the sock calendar, just saying, and uh, <laughs> and certainly better for your health than a chocolate calendar. But, you know, again, lots and lots of valuable information to keep you on your track. So just that website again, rlmedicine.com forward slash Santa. Take good care, beautiful people. Bye-bye, everyone. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening. The information shared on the Real Health and Weight Loss podcast, including show notes and links, provides general information only. It is not a substitute, nor is it intended to provide individualized medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, nor can it be construed as such. Please consult your doctor for any medical concerns.